The virtual CISO moment is brought to you by VCISO Services, a leading provider of quality and experienced virtual chief information security officers for small and mid-sized businesses. Check them out at vcisoservices.com. Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer and welcome to the virtual CISO moment. I'm here with Albert Whale. He is the founder and the CEO of IT Security Solutions. He is also, also the author of Hashtag Hacked and the lead author of Hashtag Hacked 2. Albert, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Greg. I appreciate your time and sharing a little bit of um, both your path and uh, and talking about your books. But how how did you get how and why did you get started in cybersecurity? That's an interesting question. So on 9-11, when I saw the towers come down, the planes hit the buildings, you know, I looked at that and I said, this is an opportunity for me to get involved in securing the the nation because I have six kids. Mm-hmm. And if I don't do it, who else is going to do this? And right after the event happened, I got contacted by the local FBI to help them investigate the September 17th watch list. And they contacted me because I was building internet sites in Western Pennsylvania. And I knew more about the internet than the local FBI office did. So I was asked to assist them in the investigation. Mm -hmm. And when that was finished, we co-founded the Pittsburgh InfraGuard Member Alliance. I was the co-founder and president. And, you know, that was a great volunteer organization. It still exists today. And their mission is to teach security to the national critical infrastructure, utilities, transportation, healthcare, banking, um, and there's a couple more. But the problem I had there was, as the father of six kids, four that was living with me at the time, I couldn't go to the grocery store and say, hey, I'm a volunteer, can you get me food? So I started consulting and I was consulting in cybersecurity Mm-hmm. And that's where I got my start. Um, I started consulting internationally, ended up working on a project for the VA and saved them a million dollars in six months, and then moved to teaching the Air Force what is software security, rotating through all the air bases across the country, and then working on global bank systems for telling them how the hackers are breaking into their software to get inside their networks. You know, that's all essential and informative, but I was also teaching them how to fix the problems that they had. So that's where I got my start. Um, Good question. And I love sharing that because people don't know how to get started in this business, but I help people all the time. Well, and and that is such a, uh, that's one of the reasons why I like to go down the the storyline of how people get into into cyber, but you had a bit of a, a head start because you were already an IT. You were you were um, creating I- internet pop sites. Is that what you were saying back in the day? Yeah, I created the um, ISPs, Internet Service Provider Access Points. Okay, okay. So then that brought you through to doing consulting, and 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 eventually it led you to start your own company. Right. Um, After consulting for quite a while, I said, you know, this is working pretty well, but the problem is that I couldn't clone myself. As hard (laughs) as I try, I say that a lot. One guy, you know? Uh huh. So then I started with the idea of, hey, maybe I should build a product. 
And, and the reason why I, I built a product is we're missing about three and a half to five million experienced cybersecurity professionals. And in no time soon are we going to cover that void mm -hmm. to support our country and protect the nation. So a product will go a long way by adding my experience and intelligence, as well as creating it with zero trust and artificial intelligence to bring it to the next level. And and so what what a, what is representative of your clients? Um, do you work with um, large businesses, small businesses, government, non-government, just all across the board? Practically all across the board. Um, we're finding that small business with more than five million in revenue are great targets for this because normally they don't have IT staff, and if they don't have IT, they're not going to have cyber. But they're huge targets. MSPs are also very good because they have multiple clients. And if you hit an MSP, you get all of the clients all at once. But 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 I've heard small business owners say, well, I'm not a big I'm too small to be a target. I mean, what would you say to them if they said that to you? Well, what I say to them is you're not too small and you provide access and information about how do you do what you do in your business. And also, who are you communicating with? So if an attacker gets access to their business, they can become them virtually and assume identity and get access to their clients, their vendors, and other people that are related to maybe supporting the DOD in the national defense industrial base. You yeah, know, and yeah, and that was so important that, that that's how a lot of the attacks happened. Uh, what was it? Was it the uh, uh, the watershed one? One of them, the target attack, I think it was, um, that it was an HVAC vendor that they got in through a backdoor Absolutely. VPN or something and, like that. And they were yeah. here in Pittsburgh, the cybersecurity capital of the world. <laughs> I did not know that. Well, I didn't mean to uh, bring up any bad memories for Pittsburgh in case you know there was there. Oh, but uh, well, we, we've taken that with stride already with, you know, um, moving steel to China. So, you know, <laughs> reinventing ourselves many times over has been something that we do very well. I understand. I understand. I've been there a couple of times. I love the city. Now, you've you've taken a lot of this experience. And um, of course, uh, as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, that you are the author of a couple, of, well, you're the author of one book and the lead author of a couple of books. So the first book, the second book, the first book is hashtag hacked. Tell us a little bit about that. Why did you write that and what is it designed for and who is it designed to help? So hashtag hacked um, includes a culmination of my experience in the industry, as well as talking about different things that go on in cybersecurity so that I can hit different levels of understanding for both consumers and for businesses. I get asked a lot. Uh, I'm interested in starting. What is there to do? So I started with that premise in mind, but also with the idea that consumers feel like they're safe and the internet of things is here to help them, but it's also very detrimental to their cybersecurity. So hashtag hacked um, gives them 10 tips to protect their personal and business information. And also on the website, thehackedbook.com, there's additional bonus tips as well as images, full color images, print ready for um, people that are reading the book. I've included many diagrams inside of it. And a lot of people um, appreciate the value that's inside the book, understanding why is it that 
we're not getting as far as we want to in improving cybersecurity. So can can we get from you, say, the the top of those 10? What is the, the would you consider the top tip? Sure. Um, don't use public Wi-Fi. Don't use public. What about with a VPN? Would that be okay? Or or is that carry some risks? Or do you find that a lot of uh, consumers and small business folks that they don't really understand the concept of a VPN? Yeah, the VPN is a struggle for a lot of people. Um, and if it's built in and it's automatic and it's been tested by your um, your IT, your cyber team, that's a different story than trying to hook it up yourself. The, the main problem with VPNs is people think that a free VPN is going to protect them. Well, free VPN is the furthest thing from protection all around because the data comes out on the endpoint to get to the internet. And the people that own that equipment record all of your data and all of your actions. So you're giving it away to the attackers while you think that you're protecting yourself. What is one of the first rules in business? Nothing ever is free. <laughs> there is always a cost to something. And that's a really good point. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That uh, I, I, I wasn't expecting uh, public Wi-Fi to be the answer to that, but but it's a good discussion point. And even further about while you were talking about how setting up VPNs can be very um, difficult in some ways, that is that is excellent to point out because my first thought was, well, I use public Wi-Fi all the time, but I have a VPN service that I pay for. I won't say what it is, but it isn't one of the free ones. And there's um, um, certain guarantees built in as far as like security and how it's routed and all of this and all that. And, and I feel comfortable with it. Um, but I remember about two or three years ago, I was talking with my brother. He's older than me. And he asked me about, well, what would be one of the things I should do to secure my phone? Because he had an Android phone and I guess his Facebook account was hacked. And I said, um, well, you know, do you have a VPN installed? And he's like, VPN, what is that? And and I think that's a pervasive thing. So you're right. We can't just automatically assume that telling folks to go get a VPN, that they're going to know what to do. Because to your point, they're going to go for the free stuff, figure it's just as good as the stuff they'd pay like 50 bucks a month for or whatever. And then all of a sudden, their information may be exposed when it comes out on the other side of the pipe, and then they become uh, victims of crime as well. So that's an excellent point. Yeah, I have a high level of trust. I mean, I, I'm afraid of even paying for a VPN service because I don't know who's inside the environment working and supporting them. And just like with the solar winds attack, uh, there were resources that were brought in to compromise the build server so that they could build back doors into it. So I can't tell which VPN service is going to be best for you. And I don't, I, I hesitate at making any recommendations there because my reputation's on the line too. So if you're in doubt, don't do personal information or, or transactions, banking, email, um, dating websites, whatever you're doing, don't do that outside of the privacy of your home. Right. And this is uh, um, uh, one of the functions I always say of the of the CISO and the virtual CISO is to provide the, um, the C-suite and the board of directors with enough and complete and current information on the threat environment so that they can make risk-informed decisions. But it's the same thing here with regards to um, consumers as well. 
I never recommend a particular product to any of our VC so clients. I do recommend though that you should look into this because this is the risk that you might want to mitigate. You can mitigate it other ways and to what you said, uh, you can mitigate it by avoiding it. Just don't do that stuff on public Wi-Fi. That usually is the best way to get rid of a risk. You just eliminate the fact that it's even it's even there. So yeah, you could probably wait to do your banking at home, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and for me, sometimes I'm old school. I like to actually go to Teller Row. I, I sometimes write checks every now and then. I appreciate going to Tellers <laughs> and they enjoy the conversation that you actually have, you know? And, you know, I, I was a former bank CCO, CISO. And I remember that after the banks started to open back up after uh, the lockdown with COVID, but still having the, the masks in effect. That was always one of the big things with banks is just like, you can never wear a mask into a bank. Went, well, now you have to. Oh, I know, thought that was the biggest oxymoron of all, right? That was crazy. I mean, I wasn't a CISO at that point in time. I had already left the banking world, um, but but that was that was odd. But that face-to-face contact with the banks, I'm old school. I kind of like that. And sometimes you just want to do things the old-fashioned way. Yeah, well, I know. You can't hack paper, Greg. <laughs> well, some somewhere, some listener is thinking right now, okay, boomer. Well, I'm going to just say, look, I'm not boomer. I'm Gen X. Okay. <laughs> so, but uh, so, so the success of this book, it, it's been pretty successful from what I can tell. Uh, I haven't had a chance to read it myself. It is on my list of things to do. My list of things to do is like, if I can get through my entire list of things to do, I'm going to live to 140. So that's my goal. I just keep adding things there and I'll never die. Um, but it was successful enough that you, you, led the creation of another book, Hashtag Hack 2. Now, it's a little bit different than the first. So what's the difference there? And you had more contributors to it, correct? Well, yes. As a matter of fact, as soon as Hashtag Hacked was released, I had many authors coming to me. Actually, they weren't authors yet. They were cybersecurity professionals, and they were asking if they could be part of my next book. And did I have one in plans? So I had about 14, 15 people come to me and say that they wanted to contribute to the next book. And, you know, by attrition, I was able to complete the book with 12 additional cybersecurity professionals. And a lot of them probably are well-known people, some that are on Forbes list, one's called Dr. Zero Trust. Another works at an odd-shaped building in D.C. that has five sides, and he talks <laughs> to people with constellations on their shoulders, but I digress. So there's a wide diversity. Oh, and we even have uh, our, our own lady that does sales and business development. So she talks about how do you sell cybersecurity? So this is an ideal opportunity to get people that are interested in joining the cybersecurity ranks to say, what can I do in cybersecurity? You know, cybersecurity itself is such a wide field Mm -hmm. and we need resources by the boatloads, like I said, about 5 million to help us protect our, our, our country because China's pumping out five to 10 million a year for attackers. Mm -hmm. And there, the, the depth and the width of the field is, is significant as you were saying. Uh, and that makes it a lot more confusing. And there's also other terminology that wasn't around when I first started in cyber. Well, cyber wasn't even around as a terminology when I first started in cyber. And all this like red teaming, blue teaming, all that. We we Purple had one. Teaming. Yeah, we, we called it troubleshooting back then. <laughs> it was just like, you know, it may come from a different perspective, defending or or, or just trying to get in. But um, 
Well, that's that's good. And that's um, you can find that at the hackedbook2.com, right? The hackedbook2.com or on Amazon. Uh, the paperback just got accepted for publication. The Kindle version's been out. Uh, we reached number one international bestseller in less than a day. On oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Hack2. Uh-huh. And we're working with universities and colleges to to put it on part of their curriculum. So, oh, that's great. I mean, and and fostering the next generation of cybersecurity professionals is probably the most important thing outside of protecting our own organizations that we as a cyber professional community can do. Um, right. If if you're looking for another offer uh, author for hashtag hacked three, give me a holler because I write as well too. Uh, I right. have a couple of items out there. Send me an email. I'll put you on the list. We're already <laughs> collecting authors for Hacks 3. Oh, awesome. But it'll be hashtag Hacks 3, right? Oh, yeah. You caught me there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a little bit harder to say, but I've I've got it in my brain now. Well, a um, lot of things going on. So so consulting, helping folks uh, with their cybersecurity posture there, and also with the writing endeavors. And of course, being an entrepreneur, all this can be very, very stressful. And I preach to uh, our community that it's so important that sometimes you need to step back because you can't be effective in your cyber job, whatever it is, unless you're taking care of yourself as well. So what's one of, one of the things that you do to, to decompress? Um, one of the things I do is I cook for my family. Um, like I said, I have six kids. Uh-huh. Three of them are still in the house living with me. Um, and they appreciate the food that I cook. So that's really interesting. Um, we like to travel too. My favorite place is in the Caribbean. I'm not going to name names because, you know, yeah, no, I, engineering I, is a thing nowadays, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, so, so from your family's perspective, what's the favorite thing that they like to have you cook? Uh, probably flank steak. Cause I marinate it for three or four hours before I put it out on the grill to cook it. And now as a, as a kid, I used to always used to joke when my father said, it's like, Oh, you know, meatloaf is for dinner tonight. You know, my brothers and I would be like, Oh, meatloaf. Oh, that's horrible. Horrible. But he actually made a very good meatloaf. It was just sort of an inside joke that we had. They like time. our rib, my ribs too, because I, I slow cook them as well. So, uh, what time is dinner at your house and what are the directions? <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you uh, GPS coordinates for your uh, smartphone. Uh, uh, Pittsburgh's a little bit too far from Franklin, Tennessee. So, but uh, so um, future plans. You already are thinking about hashtag Hack Three. So you got the hashtag again. Um, other future plans? Yeah, we're doing an equity crowdfund right now for IT security solutions to um, allow people to invest in our new product called It's Safe. It's safe as a zero trust security appliance to help fill that gap of 5 million cybersecurity professionals for business. And it blocks the attackers that today's tools can't see. How does, uh, well, I can't ask that without you giving away proprietary information. Um, Look, there's too many zero day threats, right? right? Every day a new threat is announced as, hey, this was a zero day threat. Well, uh, where can they find out more about the crowdsource funding and the product itself? So we have a website. It's called ITS-SAFE or itsafe.com. Okay. And on the menu bar is investment opportunity. There's also a video. You'll see my picture on the, the webpage homepage. Uh, and we describe what, 
how we're protecting businesses in a cyber attack. That's great. I'm going to go out there after this recording. Um, so that's its-safe, its-safe.com. And again, you know, the, the books can be found on Amazon and also at thehackbook2.com. Or at thehackbook.com. Um, or thehackbook.com as well. I love the fact that that thinking outside of the box to help um, the cybersecurity posture of businesses and individuals, like with all these different initiatives, we need more folks like you out there thinking that way. So really appreciate it from an industry perspective. It's my honor, Greg. I mean, as a service-disabled veteran, I continue to serve my country. Well, uh, I, I should have asked in the beginning, uh, what, what branch did you serve? I served in the Navy. Thank you. Okay. I was Air Force, and I was not in, in IT, though. I was a mechanic on C-130s. So um, We need mechanics just as much as we need um, IT people or cyber. Well, I remember one time during the Gulf War, I was inspecting a plane that came in, and uh, it had a hole in the top of the wing. Nobody knew about it. And when I reported it, they're like, what are you talking about, Shaper? A hole in the wing? I'm like, yeah, yeah. But that's for another podcast story at some sometime. I so. can't wait to hear it, Greg. <laughs> well, listen, Albert, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on today. Appreciate all you're doing and, and your time on today. Thanks for having me, Greg. And everybody, stay secure. <laughs>